0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Tonight, in this session, we want to do session one of two on the doctrine of Satan and demonology. Very, very important doctrine because... One of the things that we intend to prove from this doctrine is that there is such a being called Satan, Lucifer the devil, whatever you call him, that that's not a myth at all. There's a real Lucifer, and it is important for us to know about our enemy because the Word of God tells us that we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. And we will know about his devices when we study who he is and how he operates. So it's very, very important for us to understand the doctrine of Satan and demonology. The scripture teaches the existence of Satan, who is the originator of sin and the one over a host of fallen angels and spirits who carry out his work. Christ conquered Satan and the kingdom of darkness at Calvary and has commissioned the church to deliver men from the kingdom of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of light. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, how oh, God hath delivered us from the powers of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And God wants us to carry on that mission, being agents of the kingdom of God, of helping people to understand that they have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and it is God's intention that they be transferred into the kingdom of light. If they will acknowledge what Christ did for them at Calvary and realize that there is a reality between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The ultimate judgment of Satan and his forces will be when they are cast into the lake of fire for eternity. That's a very important statement because One of the things I want to point out to you right here at the top is that Satan has never been to hell. He doesn't know what hell is like. He is to be cast into the lake of fire, which is hell. And therefore, we really don't need to be praying and sending the devil back to the pit of hell. Because to be honest with you, that's really a puff of hot air because the devil has never been to hell he, he doesn't know what that is like at all and this is why we have to understand the word of god and pray accordingly and follow what the scripture says so that we can get the results that god intended for us we want to read from first timothy chapter 4 we'll read from verse 1 down to verse number 3 it is amazing as we look in the scriptures all that the Bible has to say about the kingdom of darkness and the existence of Satan. So First Timothy chapter 4, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. That's interesting right there. Depart from what? The faith. So it is possible. It is possible to depart from the faith. Yes, some people say, no, it's not possible once you get saved, that's not possible at all, but we're reading in Timothy here that it is possible to depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Seducing spirits are agents of the kingdom of darkness, agents of Satan and doctrines of devils, so the doctrines of devil represent the philosophy, the thinking, the patterns and system of the kingdom of darkness, of Satan himself. So that right there is telling you that there is an enemy that is engineering all of these operations, speaking lies in hypocrisy. So speaking lies in hypocrisy is, one of the manifestations of Satan, of the kingdom of darkness. I charge believers, people who are born again serving the Lord, to stay away from speaking lies and hypocrisy. That's a spirit that has crept into the church. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Look at this one, forbidden to marry. All these are manifestations of Satan himself and his kingdom doctrines, forbidden to marry. So when you hear people doing these things and championing these as a way of life, those are doctrines of Satan. Commanding to abstain from meats. don't have to say anything more about that one. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So we see there that there is the work of the kingdom of darkness that is going on in the earth. And if we are not careful, we can get drawn into the doctrine of devil. The things of the spirit realm, I want to remind you, cannot be discerned with or by human senses. You just cannot discern the things of the spirit of God if you don't train your spirit According to the ways of God. It is not a case that you are born again, you're a Christian, and so automatically you can now discern the things of God. No, you have to train your spirit according to the things of God to discern the things of God. So just because you are born again does not mean that you are going to be able to Rightly discern the things of God. You have to train your spirit according to the ways of God to be able to accurately discern the things of God. The human spirit has to be trained according to the things of God. And when I said training, it doesn't mean you have to go to Bible school and all of that for two years or all that kind of stuff. And nothing is wrong with going to Bible school either. But training the human spirit can be. Attending a church that has quality praise and worship that is always going into the secret place. If you are in that kind of atmosphere weekly, that's training the human spirit right there. It might be informal, but it is training. If you are in a place where good ministry of the word is taking place constantly and it put demands on you to respond to what God is saying, that's training of the human spirit. Hanging out with people who know how to be led by the spirit of God and how to walk in the spirit, that's training right there. But some kind of training need to take place for you to be able to accurately respond to the things of God. Now, when I just got born again, I used to be in prayer meetings with young people for, three, four hours, and I did not realize that that was actually training my spirit according to the things of God, because it was there that I first prophesied, first operated in the word of knowledge, the gifts of the spirit, and that happens because I heard the voice of the Lord, detected it was the voice of the Lord and represented God. It was training. So being in those kinds of environments provide training to the human spirit so you can respond to the things of God. Scriptures clearly indicate that in the universe and more particularly surrounding this planet called Earth, there is the kingdom of darkness. And we're going to take a moment out to establish the reality of the kingdom of darkness. Because again, we want to be clear in our minds that that is not a figment of our imagination. The kingdom of darkness is a real entity. It is the very, what we'd call antithesis or or the direct opposite of the kingdom of God. Which is the kingdom of light. So anything that the kingdom of God represents, the kingdom of darkness represents the direct opposite. Satan is in control of the kingdom of darkness. And under his authority, there are numerous fallen angels and demonic spirits that operate to fulfill the wishes of their leader Satan and to try and further establish the kingdom of darkness. I want to take a moment to look at some contrast between Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom. Well, First of all for the kingdom of God it is referred to as the kingdom of light while the kingdom of Satan is referred to as the kingdom of darkness. And you know, darkness and light are two opposite. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of holiness and righteousness. The kingdom of Satan is a kingdom of sin and unrighteousness. The kingdom of God thrive in holiness and righteousness. The kingdom of darkness Thrive in sin and unrighteousness. That is why the Bible urges to ask forgiveness of our sins and walk in the righteousness of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of healing and health. While the kingdom of darkness is a kingdom of sickness and disease. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of truth. While the kingdom of darkness of Satan is a kingdom of deception. And that is also a very important one that I want you to pay attention to. Christians should not be deceptive. There are too many believers that are deceptive. And that is a manifestation of the kingdom of darkness. It should not be a pattern in your life. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of joy and life. While the kingdom of darkness is a kingdom of sorrow and death. So God is about life. Satan is about death. In every nation today, every nation on earth, there is a tremendous increase of activity in the satanic realm the rise of the occult, spiritism, and the attempt to institutionalize and culturize Satanism are evidences of what we speak of. And it is very important that we be on the watch, on the lookout and don't be a part of making sin, Satanism, uh, spiritism that is not of God, a part of our culture and our life. I remember being in Botswana and there was a steadfast effort to teach the people in the church that as believers, they should not be engaged with voodoo because it was so much a culture of the people there that even those who are born again in the church would practice because it's a part of their culture. And that's what the enemy wants to say, well, you know, yes, I'm born again, but still you don't feel any way about doing the things that are not of God because it becomes a part of the culture. And it is institutionalized and happen around us every day. We don't want our youngsters to grow believing that these things are okay. And this is why we have to teach the truth. Because in the absence of the truth, a lie will begin to take root. Believers often ignore Satan's existence and power or they... Overemphasize it. So sometimes, most times, they're going to one extreme or the other. Either they ignore the existence and power of Satan or they overemphasize it. So a biblical balance is necessary to ensure and enable proper learning and proper balance. And that is why we study the doctrines to make sure that. We can have that balance. The domain of the kingdom of darkness, let's talk about that for a moment. You know, the word domain refers to the rule, reign, and territory over which a king rules. So the domain of the kingdom of darkness is wherever Satan exercises his dominion. So if he exercises his dominion in your life, then that's his domain. If he exercise his dominion in your house, then that becomes his domain. So yes, we make mistakes and miss it sometimes, but you should not allow the enemy to lay down roots or put down roots in your sphere of influence, because if he begins to dominate your space, then his kingdom will be established in that space. So just as all that is in the kingdom of light is patterned after its king, which is God, so all that is in the kingdom of darkness is patterned after its leader, which is Satan. Each kingdom. Displays the nature. And character of its head. So the king represents the kingdom. And the kingdom is like the king. Therefore. As citizens of the kingdom of God. It is very important. That we. Model. The kingdom of God. That's The world can see what the kingdom of God is like. So that is why, when Jesus taught in St. Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitude, Sermon on the Mount, said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to take a moment out here again and talk about the Origin of Lucifer. Talk a little bit about the origin of Lucifer. And there are two main passages that deal with that. Let's start with Ezekiel chapter 28. And we're going to read about verse number 12. Okay, son of man, sing. This funeral song for the King of Tyre. Give him this message from the Sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. Now, this is talking about Lucifer, right? You were the model of perfection. God created him In the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. He represented heaven and what God is about. Verse 13 says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Let's stop there for a moment because I want to remind you that that word Eden Means presence or moment. And the word garden really means structure. What we call the Garden of Eden was not so much a physical place, it was an environment. We've established this point over and over that the archaeologists have found just about everywhere else mentioned in the Bible, but they cannot find Eden. Because Eden was not a physical place. So when it says you were in Eden, it is not so much referring to a, a physical place here. It's talking about you were in the moment or the presence of God. And we will further establish that point later on. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green uh, perida, white moonstone, blue green bear, onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald. I mean, he was adorned and beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. Verse 14 I ordained and anointed you as a mighty angelic guardian. This is very important. I ordained you God ordained Lucifer and anointed him. So the guy was anointed. And I want to point out that the gifts and callings remember. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So that fellow Satan, Lucifer, was anointed and ordained as a mighty angelic guardian. The word guardian there is a very important word. And let me just interject something here just to set the stage for where we're going here. Satan was what is called cherub, one of the very special angels of God. So one is called cherub, two called cherubims. The cherubim were specially created and given authority to carry out certain assignments. And for Lucifer, One of his assignment was to guard the throne of God or the presence of God. And when we say guard the presence of God here, we're not talking about trying to protect it from anybody invading it or tampering with it or that kind of stuff. Really. The cherubims guarded the presence of God so that man would not be destroyed by it, so to speak. Because man in human form cannot really engage the presence of God. And especially if man is not walking in righteousness, if he is in sin, they could be destroyed by that presence. So it is really more about protecting man From being destroyed by the presence Than protecting the presence from being destroyed by man So it says I have ordained and anointed you As the mighty angelic guardian You had access to the holy mountain of God Again that word mountain there is not talking about Physical mountain and that kind of stuff It's talking about authority. It's talking about the throne of God. So Lucifer had access to the throne of God, the very presence of God, and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did. Yeah, the guy was in perfection from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sin. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain or the authority, the throne of God. I expelled you, oh mighty guardian. See what he's referred to by the scripture, mighty guardian. He was a, a mighty guardian from your place among the stones, of fire verse 17 your heart was filled with pride because of your beauty so here we see where pride got to him because of who he was your wisdom was corrupt by your love of sp- splendor now this is an interesting uh, let's say something here before we go on It didn't say that the wisdom was taken away from him, but rather it was corrupted. Now, what I'm saying is that this is why when we come against the enemy, you cannot come in your own strength because that fellow has in him the ability to outsmart you. That is why you have to come in the wisdom of God. You have to come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which would be the superior to the fake anointing that he kept. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. It talks about how he loves splendor and pride and all of that. I also, want to make the point how pride. You can see here that pride originated with the devil, and that's one of Biggest tool. That's one of the things that he used to try and get people out of the will of God and all that kind of stuff. And that is why the Bible exhorts us so much to humble ourselves, not to walk in pride. Pride is a dangerous manifestation of the kingdom of darkness. And if you start walking in pride, you're setting up yourself for a fall. That's why the Word of God teaches us. Oh, pride goeth before destruction because pride is an exaggerated opinion of yourself. And you see here where for Lucifer, pride caused him to see himself above where he was with God. Verse 18, you defiled your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought fire out from within you, and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. We're going to stop there for a moment, and um, we will pick up with other scriptures as we push on. But just for you to understand that when we talk about Lucifer, It's not just something that we're making up in our minds about him and uh, just come up with some things that might feel good as it relates to Lucifer. We are talking about what is real, what is the reality as it relates to what the Bible teaches, and we need to be careful of this enemy called Lucifer. I want to take a few moments and talk a little bit more about the origin of Lucifer. We want to talk about a few things about his character, who he is. We're going to stay on this to ensure that I get this point across so that you leave the study tonight understanding that the devil is not anybody to play with, but also that you have authority over him and his kingdom. So first of all, let's make the point that Satan is a real personality. He is evil, personified, and characteristics are ascribed to him, speaking to his person. Satan is not an impersonal influence or power. Intelligence, knowledge, will, and action are ascribed to him, which mean that he is a being. And. We could look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. We could look at Matthew chapter four verse 6, where he tempted Jesus. Those will speak to the, the fact, the reality that is a real personality. Number two, we also want to establish the point that Satan is a spirit being, even as angels are spirit beings. Even as God himself is a spirit being, so is Satan. Satan is a spirit being. And therefore, if we are going to successfully overcome Satan and his kingdom and his attacks and all of that, we have to engage him in the spirit because that's how we are going to get the results. that. A God desire for us to have and the results that will enable us to manifest the kingdom of God. We have to engage him in the realm of the spirit. Number three, he is a created being. This is very important because just like we established with the other angels, if he's a created being, that means he has a Creator, which would be superior to him, and it is always wrong to give the creation worship as opposed to giving the worship to the Creator, so he doesn't deserve worship because he's a created being, and the fact that he's a created being means that he is dependent upon God for his very existence. He is called Lucifer, number four. Lucifer means day star or son of the morning. And these meanings really speak to the person, the characteristics of Satan when he was created. Day star, son of the morning or light bearer. Isaiah 14 verse 12 will speak to that so he if you want to say glowed when he was created because he carried or represented the presence of God number five he was an anointed cherub in the heavenly sanctuary now just as the old testament prophets priests and kings were anointed for their office even so Lucifer was anointed for his assignment I made the point earlier that the cherubims were a very special kind of angels and I did say that Lucifer was the covering cherub for the throne of God and it is interesting because if you compare that to the the, the cherubim on the ark of the covenant with the tabernacle of Moses in the holy of holies there were two of them there and their wings were set in a way covered the ark of the covenant which represented the presence of God so you see the nature of the cherubim the nature of cherubim is to protect the presence of the Lord not all angels are cherubim these are specially appointed and assigned as it relates to this kind of role and responsibility so we see where Lucifer Protected or covered the throne of God. We see where. Cherubim were carved out. For the protection. Of the Ark of the Covenant. In the Holy of Holies. But also. If you remember clearly. When Adam. Was kicked out of Eden. We say Eden is the. Presence of the Lord. The moment. And all of that. God. The Bible said place cherubim at the entry so that man could not return to that place in other words he was locked out because of his disobedience now Eden representing moment or presence it is also interesting that God assigned cherubim to protect that place So we see that across the scriptures where cherubim protected the presence of God. The cherubim were the closest to God. The ones that got information first from God. Anything that was happening in the high heaven, the immediate heaven, the cherubim got the information first from God. So they were close to God and they know much about God so therefore I want to make the point that Satan Lucifer knows much about God more than maybe any human being or in fact more than any of the other angels that were not cherubim he knows Much more about how God operates and the presence of God than anybody else. So, if there's anyone that can really mimic the presence of God, so to speak, it is Lucifer. That is why we have to be extremely careful when we even set out to worship God because. Satan will play tricks on us and uh, let you believe that you are in the, the very throne room of God, the presence of God, when you are not. The cherubim were the only angels given authority. The other angels were given commands. But the cherubim were the only set of angels that were given authority to carry out a certain assignment. So Lucifer was a cherub Michael was a cherub Gabriel was a cherub and the cherubim were the angels given authority and the other angels were given command this explained why Lucifer could exercise a will to rebel against God because he was a cherub he was given that kind of authority to carry out certain functions to, in other words, command other angels. You see, the rest of the angelic realm would have to take command, commands from their rank leader. But the cherub were in a position to give authority and Lucifer was one of those cherub. I want you to follow me very carefully because As I said Michael, Gabriel and Lucifer were each cherub, So they were closer to God than any other angel which means they knew about God and understand the inner workings of the kingdom of heaven better than any other. So Michael for example was tasked with the warfare aspect. So As cherubim, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer would work not just together, but closely together because of how a kingdom network. So the fact that they were angels that were given authority, they would work closely together because whether it is a situation where an answer was released. It happened through praise and worship, which which would be Lucifer's portfolio. Or Michael would have to come and assist as the man that was responsible for warfare. Or information would have to come through Gabriel's department and all that kind of stuff. The point I'm making is that they work closely together. So the fact that they work closely together they would also know and understand the operations of each other better than any other angel. So, therefore, Lucifer understood and still understands up to today how the warfare aspect works, he understands how the communication aspect works. Although he wasn't in charge he worked with Gabriel and Michael who were in charge of those areas and certainly he understood and still understand the music the worship aspect and the whole thing about the arts and all of that he understand that aspect perfectly well because that's what he was in charge of so Lucifer then would understand spiritual warfare Better than any one of us human beings on earth. And the only way we can possibly defeat him in spiritual warfare is to hook up with God who is superior to Lucifer. Because it is the superior kingdom, it is the superior anointing that is going to give us the victory over Lucifer. Because he knows how the operations go. So that is why walking in the spirit is a must for those believers who are going to walk in victory because it is by walking in the spirit that you're going to be able to tap into what God is saying and doing and carry out those assignments, which would defeat Satan. Otherwise, if you do it in your own strength, you're no match for the devil because he knows the intricacies of these operations. This is why the word of God implores us so much to walk in the spirit. So walking in the spirit is absolutely necessary in overcoming the enemy. So things like pride are right up the devil's street. He can conquer us with those things any day, any time because he knows better than us how those things work Gabriel the cherub that was linked to information again Lucifer understands how that area works because he used to work with Gabriel not from a distance they work they used to network together so Lucifer knows about information He knows how to intercept communication between heaven and man. He knows best how to do that. So without God, you can't get anything from heaven because the devil knows how to intercept communication between heaven and earth. So if it is not through God, it can't get through. That is why some of the prayers that we pray can never ever ascend. In fact, I believe they're set up by Lucifer to let people feel that they're praying, but really it's not going anywhere because he's a master of that. So now you can understand why we have the kind of challenges we have with prayer, with effectively preaching the word of God. That's communication again, you know. So the church has spent so much time Preaching about things that are irrelevant. That's a setup by Lucifer. Because he doesn't want us to preach the truth. So he tried to get us preoccupied with things like, like hats and jewelry and hair, and whether you're baptized sideways or back way. That really don't have anything to do with the real issues that are at hand. But the devil knows how to mess up communication and have us debate over the things that don't matter so he can carry on his work. The devil understands media and it is a deliberate effort to stay away from the right message. He's a master of media because he worked there. He worked with the people who did that. He knows how it goes. That is why why do you think a television screen can suck you in for all day, for eight hours, but you can't pray for one hour? Why do you think the internet could suck you in for all day and night, and yet you struggle to read one chapter in the Bible for the day? Because the enemy is a master in these areas, preachers, preachers have to spend time before God and hear what God is saying to rightly divide the word of truth and to preach the kingdom of God, to preach the message of the kingdom that will bring deliverance to people and enable them to find who they are in God and walk in new levels in the things of the spirit now we talk about media and warfare the devil as i said worked with michael and gabriel as it relates to those things so he knows it but if there is anything that he knows is the area that he himself presided over and that is worship the presence of god He is a master in that area. Lucifer himself was the cherub that was tasked with worship to include the arts, as I said. He knows how to manipulate this area. These things are not for entertainment. The devil knows how to have us, as the church, singing for one whole power in the church and still stay in the outer court he comes out manipulate that. and that is why we have to walk in the spirit so worship is not about uh, just coming up with some songs in your natural mind because you were busy and uh, you know slap up something to say well we did worship or we did praise and worship or a song service no it's something that We pray about and ask God's wisdom and direction and be led by the spirit of God because Lucifer knows about this area and will cause us to walk in deception if we're not careful. The only way to get this thing right is to walk in the spirit. So worship should not be merely out of your natural ability or your skills because you can sing or play or it shouldn't be out of ego when Jehoshaphat sent the worshippers first at the head of the battle he got that directive from heaven as he Jehoshaphat and Israel were on the ground before God on their face or in worship. The Bible said that they were fasting on their face before God. And God gave Josaphat that direction at that time as it relates to worship. And we saw the effect of that. I am saying to you that we have to walk in the spirit. If we're going to get the best results out of these things. Because we are up against an enemy that is true in this area. The devil has no answers for congregational worship. He has no answer for a congregation of worshipers that get into the Holy of Holies because that is heaven and earth interacting with each other right there. So for a congregation of people to come and really get into the secret place and worship God, the devil has no answer for that. And that's when supernatural things are going to happen, and the devil will do everything for us not to get there. So, if it means touching the keyboard, touching the voices, if it means touching the the guitar, if he's allowed to, he will do that. If it means turning off the power when it's getting there, if the devil can do that, he will do it. And this is why. These things are not light. If we're going to do that, we should take time out to fast and pray, go ahead of time and stand in the gap in prayer and bind the hand of the enemy. Because as you do that, you are interacting with heaven and you are calling upon the only help that can intervene in terms of the enemy not being able to tamper with what is happening. We are in a fight and we are up against an enemy that knows what he's doing we ain't giving glory or praise to the devil but again you have to know the enemy if you're going to get the kind of results that god intended number seven is that he was in eden isaiah 28 verse 13 speaks about that he was in eden and being in eden means that he was in
1: The moment
0: or the presence of God number eight he was in the holy mountain according to Isaiah 28 again and remember the holy mountain speaks to the authority of God alright so we're talking here about the, the very throne of God he was perfect in his day as we read in Isaiah he was full of wisdom he was perfect in beauty He was decked in precious stones with gold. And that's very similar to the stones in the breastplate of Aaron's garment as the high priest that God commanded Moses to make for Aaron in Exodus when they were building the tabernacle. Lucifer was also created with music in his being, apparently being Evan's worship leader Number 14 Is that he was Once in truth That's very Significant so he knows In the sense of um, Having experienced Truth he experienced truth In his life before now He walks in darkness And the bible says the truth Now is no longer in him He walks in darkness so he can't deal with The truth so John eight forty four speaks to that. And so we have to take time out to remember that the best and only way to defeat Lucifer in any area of our life is to walk in the spirit. So many believers today don't walk in the spirit maybe 1% of their day pressures of life, the lack of discipline, the lack of will, the lack of effort has rooted many believers in the flesh and sometimes when we talk about the flesh people think about only certain kinds of manifestation but you know that the devil can be very subtle and he can be very vulgar It is not just the the vulgar expressions or manifestation that speaks to walking in the flesh. It can be very subtle. In fact, once you're not walking in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. And we need to step forward where we walk in the spirit more than we walk in the flesh. Because there are some things, there are some victories awaiting you There are some new dimension awaiting you, but it cannot happen in the flesh. It cannot happen according to the senses. So it doesn't matter how educated you are. This is not about education. It's about the spirit and the flesh. It is about understanding that the sense realm is for you to be able to, engage the natural world and be able to effectively respond accordingly but we have learned that everything that is manifested in the sense realm in the natural realm originated in the spirit so if we can tap into the spirit we have a much better opportunity overcoming lucifer we have a much better opportunity of standing in the gap for our loved ones we have a much better opportunity of standing in the gap for our nation and we have a much better opportunity to see the manifestations of the kingdom of god in our sphere of influence You become a threat to the kingdom of darkness and its leader when you walk in the Spirit. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmontegobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.